Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. It is Monday morning if you're listening to this. And I, Will Brinson, your host, every day, 30-minute podcast, get you ready for your commute. I am joined live in person from Nashville on a glorious Sunday afternoon by Ryan Wilson. What's up, man? Uh, thank you for crashing my Airbnb. <laughs> this is ex- exactly how I wanted to spend my Sunday afternoon. Your wife had to go out and like pretend she's shopping so I could come over here and record a podcast. I, I, thank goodness you brought your equipment because we're recording on that. Um, if it's a little bit echoey, yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll figure it out. But uh, some news to hit. Let's dive right in. As, as a reminder, subscribe on iTunes. Hit that rate review button. Five stars would be fantastic. If you like the format, please leave a note in there as well because that'll convince my bosses that we should keep this going or that I'm at least a worthwhile human uh, worthy of employment or continued employment as it were. And Ryan will probably get some buzz too. Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson underscore 07 on Twitter. At Will Brinson for me and at Pick6Pod if you want to follow the podcast. Um, The news of the weekend, Ryan. No-brainer decision to focus on it. Des Bryant released by the Cowboys on Friday afternoon as we were making our way to Nashville for John Breach's wedding. Were you surprised that Des was released? No, we sort of knew that was going to happen. There had been some conversations about it. I guess they met on Friday, he and Jerry Jones, to sort of plot the future of Des in Dallas. And by the time, before that meeting was even over, we were getting indications that he was going to be done. Um, he was on the books for $16.5 million salary cap hit. In 2018, and he, you know, he look, he's underperformed. That's that's the bottom line. Uh, you can blame the offense struggling a little bit last year, but he hasn't been the receiver he was in previous years. I think 2014 was his best season when he 88 catches, 1,320 yards, 16 touchdowns. Last year, he had 838 yards, six touchdowns. And you're not going to pay him close to Antonio Brown money, at least in terms of salary cap hit. So the Cowboys cut him, and now. They save eight million in salary cap space, and and now Des Bryant literally has no one to throw to. Yeah, Dak Prescott, you mean? Yeah, Dak. Sorry. Yeah, when you start looking at the Cowboys depth chart, no, it's perfectly fine. Two thousand thirty-five yards over the last three seasons for Des Bryant. He somehow made the Pro Bowl in twenty sixteen, which I'm not really sure I understand. Uh, One hundred thirty-two targets last year. Nice 69 catches over 16 games, but just 838 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, he was still a dangerous red zone weapon. Um, But what's interesting about this is not so much that the Cowboys cut Des Bryant. It's that the way that the Cowboys did cut him, Ryan, because we thought that Des Bryant and Jerry Jones were going to sit down and have this discussion where, you know, hey, Des, listen, I'm making a lot of money, Des. We're going to have to ask you to take a little bit less money. Uh, You know, we need need to free up some money for, uh, for, for oil and Dak and stuff. And uh, that didn't happen. He met with Jerry Jones, and Jerry just cut him. And Dez left the meeting and said that it was personal. He tweeted about that. You could tell that he was extremely angry about the whole thing and that they didn't ask him. He told Jane Slater of the NFL Network that they didn't ask him to take a pay cut, meaning they just said, we don't want you as a player anymore. Were you surprised by that? Um, I wasn't surprised by Dez being angry. I was sort of surprised there was no wiggle room (laughs) in the conversation. But I also love the fact that Dez reportedly said, I'll see you you guys twice next year indicating that he would be somewhere in the NFC East. Or, as our, our editor, RJ, uh, pointed out, uh, I think the Texans faced him in the regular season and also in the mm. preseason, so maybe Houston mm. is a landing spot. Could be. The uh, The Cowboys are a mess at wide receiver now when you start looking at Deontay Thompson, Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns is their number one now. Um, Jason Witten still on the roster, not released. And, look, I think when you start to, you know, when you look at this the whole situation with Dez – you have to wonder, does 
you know, does he does he have anything left? I mean, I think I think that's the question that you have to start asking yourself when you wonder whether or not um, it's worth pursuing for other teams. I do think that there'll be a market for Dez's services. You did a ranking the landing spots and found 14 different teams that Dez could go to. Where uh, where's your top spot? Well, to be fair, Sean wrote wrote about the landing spots. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, he wrote the fourteen oh. landing spots. And you were um, leaving for the airport because you had to be there four hours early. Yeah, that's right. How many hours early do you get to the airport? Oh no, we live close to the airport, um, and it's a small airport, so we got there probably an hour fifteen before the flight. Wow, I'm surprised that you no, that's your are right. willing. To I was stressed out. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, that's that's late for you, and you probably didn't even have your check baggage. No, of course not. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, so Sean, well, Sean wrote the landing spots post then, but where? Um, well, here's the thing. He's 29 years old. He's 6'2", listed 220. He's slow. He's always been slow, but he's been able to do the contested catch thing, and that's a big deal. But he's not going to get faster. He's basically an Anquan Bolden type, and that's not a slight. That's, I mean, that's if your team has a need for that guy, it's just a matter of how much you're going to pay for him. And Spotrack did a thing where they expect his worth to be around, and this is sort of a slap in the face if, if you're Des Bryant, Mike Wallace, what he got, Sheesh. which was, uh, I think, $8 million a year, 8 to $10 million a year in the you know, that's that's what we're looking at. So um, the Redskins, in terms of talking about the NFC East, they, they make sense as a landing spot. Uh, the Ravens, formerly uh, home of Mike Wallace, they're always in need of wide receivers. And they're the type of team that takes chances on guys like Steve Smith, who actually played well, mm-hmm. even as an old-timer there. Derek Mason back in the day. Uh, Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden, Mike Wallace most recently. So uh, they, they Jeremy Macklin, too, but he wasn't necessarily Yeah, he older, didn't have but... the success. We missed the Houston Texans, sort of joking, but, I mean, they have a need of wide receiver. Uh, opposite uh, Dre Hopkins, um, the Seahawks, I suppose. But if Jimmy Graham isn't having success in Seattle, is Des Bryant going no. to? Because they're the same player. Just and can, and can, you can easily imagine a situation where Des isn't getting a ton of looks or a ton of catches yep. or or scoring a bunch, and they're trying to run the ball, and then like him wigging out and like punching Russell Wilson in, in the face. Right? What about the Jaguars, where that team will win, the defense will do all the heavy lifting? Would would Des be happy on a team where he's getting? three or four catches a game, but the team is winning football games? Well, that's what's interesting because I saw somebody report, and um, I, can't remember, I can't remember who it was. I obviously would credit him if I, if I could, but the they said basically that Dez might decide that the best way to get revenge on Jerry Jones is not by playing him twice in a season, but by going somewhere and winning a Super Bowl yeah. while Jerry looks on from the sidelines or even you know be, being on a team that beats Jerry Jones to get to the Super Bowl. And so I think that the Jaguars from that perspective would make sense. They have Dante Moncrief, who they signed this offseason, and Marquise Lee. And, of course, they signed Austin Severian Jenkins and Niles Paul in free agency as tight ends. Um, they, they really like D.D. Westbrook. And Pete Prisco said that on this podcast that they love Keelan Cole, that he, they think he's a future star. So maybe that's a situation that could work if they're will, if Dez is willing to work with them and, and to, you know, to be a guy who comes in as a third wide receiver in a red zone threat. I don't know if he's going to be willing to do that given his pride. I feel like he would upset the apple cart, as the, you know grandma used to say. What about the Patriots? Because the Patriots are always the landing spot for disgruntled great players who are maybe have hit a rough patch. No. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I think the thing with Dez is that, like, he's great in the red zone, again, but he's not a great route runner. I mean, he's, he's a fine route runner, but you have to be a great route runner to work in in, in a system with Tom Brady. And, and I don't think I, – I mean, I understand the construct behind it that he could show up in New England and help them be dangerous near the goal line, but they already have Gronk. And assuming Gronk's going to be back, you don't really need as much help near the red zone. So, I, to me, that's not a great fit. Um 
I could I think I think the Texans make a lot of sense just from sticking around in Texas and I think you're right about the Ravens. I don't think he's going to have a great market. Like I think he'll get signed and people he'll eventually get some cash, but I don't think he's going to be this highly sought after guy uh who, you know, it's it'll be a big story cuz it's Des Bryant and every time he tweets or every time he takes a visit, we'll have to write about it. But I don't think he's going to be a major impact guy. I'll tell you this. The Cowboys did him dirty by waiting this long to release him too. Yeah, I don't know and yeah, that was weird. Uh, when you were talking, we mentioned the Patriots. You said no outright. He sort of reminds me of like a Brandon LaFell type. Mm. And I was just looking at Brandon's numbers when he's with the Patriots in 2014 when he arrived. I mean, this ain't bad. He was 28 years old in, 19, in 2014, uh, 74 catches, 953 yards, seven touchdowns for the Patriots. And I think they would certainly take that type of production from, from Dez uh, next season. I think they'd pay eight to $10 million for it. Would he go there for $8 million? I think he would go anywhere for $8 million. So if, <laughs> if, if they could get that sort of production. You don't want to know what I'll do for $8 million. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, I don't so, that, I mean, he feels like, I mean, he would probably be upset that I compared him to Brandon LaFell. But let's be honest, he ain't much different than Brandon LaFell. No, that's right. I mean, like, acting like he's substantially better than Brandon LaFell is, a, is it's, it's, just, it's not being realistic. The, the Colts, the, the Redskins, certainly, we mentioned. They have a lot of receivers on that roster, but it, it wouldn't be surprising if he went to if he went to Washington simply to spite them. The 49ers yeah. are actually there. It is. There's that autoplay video on the CBSSports.com website. Um, let's see if I can get that paused. Nope. I was trying to look at. I was trying to bring up Sean's uh, Sean's landing spots page, landing spots list, and uh, the, the autoplay video came up. Uh, he had the Seahawks there. The 49ers would be an interesting case because they've been taking some shots on veterans this offseason, including Richard Sherman. Um, Don't they have? I'm just looking up the 49. Pierre Garcon is basically Des Bryant, isn't he? How many Des Bryant? Rich man's Des Bryant. How many Des Bryant do you want on one team? Nah, but yeah. I mean, it is a landing spot because of Jimmy G. Yeah. What about the, your, your Panthers? Nah. Okay. Well, they're I don't too, two quick no's. Well, I just don't think I don't think that the, I don't think that. What about he, the Steelers? What about your Steelers? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, where would they put him? They already have a disgruntled Martavis Bryant, and he's know? actually athletic and yeah, a downfield threat because yeah, Dez yeah. is not Dez is a possession receiver, whether Dez thinks that or not. Dez is a loud tight end. He's a tight end. That's right. That's yeah. why I compare him to Anquan Bolden, and Anquan Bolden was extremely dangerous in the middle of the field, but he's not beating anyone in the foot race. I'm thinking the Ravens might be the answer. You know what else wouldn't be surprising, even though it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense. The Oakland Raiders. Oh. Because uh, John Gruden's been signing, like, everybody yeah. from your 2013 fantasy football team. And Dez is a good blocker, and he's going to run the football every time. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. He's going to pay $10 million for a blocker. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that's worth noting for a De- for a potential Dez uh, landing spot, too, is that if you're looking at the, – the best place to start is probably looking at the Dallas Cowboys' 2018 opponents. Like, I mean, I'm serious. I don't, I don't think that you're going to see – Dez goes somewhere that he doesn't get a shot to play uh, the Cowboys again in 2018. He's a spiteful human being. I respect that. And they have the Jaguars are on there, the Seahawks, uh, the Colts are, are, are a possibility, of course. The Texans, the Panthers, we mentioned. Redskins, of course, and the Eagles and the Giants would play twice. I just think he's going to have a hard time finding a landing spot within the NFC East. And as a result, probably won't play the, the Cowboys twice. Do the Cowboys stink? Oh. You know, Moving to another topic. We talked last podcast and the podcast before that about how the Rams and the Eagles are building around having quarterbacks in their first contract and going crazy in terms of yes. building Super Bowl contenders. Dak Prescott makes way less than Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. $735,000. And it's 
unclear to me what the plan is in Dallas in terms of making that team better. I think they've gotten worse. And if they can't make it work, given the sort of new blueprint that the Seahawks sort of got going in 2012 or whenever Russell was, was first in the league, yep. I don't know how they're going to suddenly get better when they have to pay Dak. Well, that's the thing. So this year, they're going to pay $17.9 million to two people. Do you know who those two people are? You know who one Oh, yeah. And one is our, our colleague. One is our colleague, Tony Romo, and the other is Des Bryant. They're paying $18 million to Tony Romo and Des Bryant in 2018. That's a problem. That is a pile of cash to be handing out when you have a Stars and Scrubs roster, which is what the Cowboys have. Now, look. If hey, by the way, i got to interrupt you because my wife just texted me. She's at the Frothy Monkey. Frothy Monkey. And she says uh, it's worse now than it was yesterday in terms of the line. It's crowded. Everywhere three, in 3 Nashville. 3 p.m. on Sunday. We should have opened up talking about John Breach's wedding. Um, <laughs> I guess we could have mentioned that. That was breaking news. Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's fine. Uh, everywhere in Nashville is insanely crowded. We'll get back to the Cowboys in a second. Um, I went to Biscuit Love this afternoon. I'm, I'm li- I've literally been like, trying not to like. Like uh, you've you've looked like you've gained twenty five pounds since I saw you yesterday. I, I have. I'm like I, I feel I feel like I've gained twenty five pounds. There's no like light eating in Nashville when you go all southern. It's insane, man. I got a uh, I got a biscuit with the hot chicken. They do it's like they do the chicken thighs, but it's the fried chicken soaked in like this hot sauce and then topped with a sausage gravy and um, fat free. Various yeah, skim milk. And uh, I got a Bloody Mary with it as well, so that's exciting. Yeah, that's right. Um, the over-under for those asking uh, from the last podcast that Ryan did, uh, the over-under for drinks consumed this weekend with John Breach's wedding was? For you? Yeah. Oh, well, I was there, so I have a, a better sense. But we discussed this last night with you, me, and, and two editors. 30? Is that what we said? I think we decided on 30. Oh, okay. Did, yeah. About 30 beers. Okay, over, yeah. 30, 30 beers were drinks over the course of two days. That's pretty strong. Um, yeah. Anyway. So there you go. How would you grade John Breach's wedding? Fantastic time. I think they we talked grade, about this. That's most, not a grade. That's not a grade. Oh, A plus. But I think, uh, and we talked about it a lot. That, B minus. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the great part was meeting the great Jim Breach. I think we all had fun meeting John's dad. The form, the all time. Right. Shout out! Shout out to Pick Six Podcast listener Larry, Mister Larry, right. Uncle Larry, Steelers fan. Yeah, Steelers fan. And uh, and and uh, we were we were spreading the gospel of the podcast uh, at the wedding. Uh, Rachel Rachel Breach now. Looked uh, stunning, and and I thought that they did a really good job. So it rained at the wedding, and uh, and they, they did a good job of uh, calling an audible to use a football parlance, and and working it out through the rain. It was a blast. Good crowd, high energy group. Breach's little nephews all talk like Breach, which was hilarious. And yeah, um, they were great. They, they, they had maple bacon donuts from Five Daughters. Five, I don't know. Five Daughters, I think, is the name. Del- they were delicious. Unbelievable. They were, they were actually cronuts is why they were so flaky, apparently. Uh, this has turned into a foodie podcast. But croissant yeah, donuts? Um, um, yeah, exactly. Those were awesome. Amazing. So, yeah, now that was great. We got to hang out with John's dad, Jim Breach, the all-time Bengals leading scorer. Yes. The he, great Jim Breach. And, and a fun guy to talk football with. Like, no oh, surprise, my God. Like, he said he at one game. point, I love talking football. He does. I mean, he but tell, he wasn't like, kidding. Yeah. So that was great. I had, we had a great time. His, his his family members kept coming up to him and being like, hey, Jim, like, you, know, you need to go do this. He's like, no, no, no. I'm hanging out with my boys, talking some pigskin. And uh, I'm sure that they were very impressed. So um, six, I think nine kids, 17 grandkids. I think that's right. That's correct. Holy that's Moses. Insane. Yeah. He has doing, a lot of grandkids. Doing the Lord's work. That's right. And and perhaps more on the way now that he has a... Uh, and he actually supports Andy Dalton because I asked him. Because I know, he's, he's an Andy I know Breach, as a Bengals fan, Breach waivers about Andy Dalton. But Vontez Perfect fan, too. Pointed out that Vontez Perfect is... And this probably goes unnoticed. Is that like Vontez Perfect is like 
a really smart football player. And now, I think our buddy Benoit agreed with that. Yeah. And if he had played back when Jim played, he would probably fine. be a hero. Yeah. You know, like he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have fallen to the Bengals. He would have been a top ten pick because linebackers were valued then, and, and and he's you know he hits like a guy from the 1970s. That's right. In fact, fun fact: I don't know if you were there when I was talking about um, his first season. I think was with the Raiders. Also happened to be John Madden's last season's coach. So he played for John Madden for one year. How awesome is that? I didn't hear him talk about that. Yeah. So all right, I don't know what he thought. He thinks about Dez. He may have liked Dez. He didn't. He didn't mention the Cowboys. We didn't talk about the Cowboys. Because uh, Dez is a hard nosed player. But look, look at this Cowboys depth chart. Okay, we talked uh, about the receivers. If now, if they get the running game going, and the running game was well, not will. well, it's not guaranteed. The offensive line took a major step back last year, and they missed. Um, you could tell that they weren't they weren't the same cohesive unit. And when Dak didn't have a ton of, uh, you know, when he didn't have a ton of protection and he didn't have the, Zeke Elliott in the backfield. The Falcons game was a low point for sure. Yeah. Six I mean, sacks. Um, what's his face? Had five Adrian of Claiborne them. went nuts. Yeah, he had five yeah. of them. Not a high point. But um, let's so, see, Chaz guess, Green was responsible for that. Teron Smith is obviously going to be healthy. They signed, I think Cameron Fleming's a new, Cameron Fleming's a new signing, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's. Signed him for New England. Right. So they'll we'll see how that works the right tackle. Yeah. So they need, and then, because I think that, well, I think that they wanted, I thought that they wanted to move Lyle Collins. Outside, right. Back outside, but I don't, it doesn't, I mean, like, based on the depth chart now, that's probably not going to happen. And this is where it gets interesting, too, because when you look at the Cowboys in that window you talked about, they're going to have to pay Dak Prescott. He's got two years left on his rookie deal. I mean, you have to give him $20 yeah. million a year, unless he just. I wonder if they'll let him walk. What? I let, I mean, they, he, he regressed last year, not entirely his fault. And if he has a good year next year, I think they'll obviously pay him, reconsider. But if he has a, what if he plays in 2018 like he did in 2017? <laughs> that's, you, that's a problem. Yeah, you can't pay him 20 million dollars. That's right. So I think that's a conversation they have to have. Mm, that would be interesting. And Zeke Elliott's going to have to get paid. He's got a fifth year option attached to his deal, and so he really has three years left. But I mean, if he has a, if he leads the league, if he leads the league in rushing or is a top running back next year, he's going to demand top of the market running back money and. They're going to give it to him. Um, Demarcus Lawrence is on the franchise tag, so yeah. you got to figure out a deal for him. Jalen Smith was in the 2016 draft, so if he's going to be in your long-term plans, you got to figure out a deal with him. He doesn't have a fifth-year option. Um, uh, the Zach Martin is yeah. coming up on his, uh, I think, on his fifth-year option. No, no, excuse me, because he was drafted in 2014. Yeah, so no, he's coming up on the end of his contract. They're going to have to pay him. Um, and then Lyle Collins, who signed an extension after being a, a, a UDFA, or did they draft him? They drafted him in the seventh round, I think. I think they drafted yeah, him in the seventh right. round. I forgot yeah. trouble. But then, they, but then they gave him an extension when he played well. I that's he right. signed a contract. Right. But so, like, he's coming up too. I mean, they're going to have to shell out a ton of cash for all of these guys. They're losing Jason Witten. Alan Hearns is their number one wide receiver. They got two slot guys in Switzer, Ryan Switzer and Cole Beasley. And then they have Terrence Williams and Deontay Thompson. I just don't think that the offense is going to be very good unless the running game gets back on track. Let me ask you this: uh, worst team in the division after the, the, they might the, be. Well, just let me qualify that the Jets went three and thirteen last year. Uh, the Giants, sorry, went three and thirteen. Oh, I was like, the Jets aren't in that division. Um, I so I, I think the Cowboys are, are going to be worse. I think the Cowboys could be worse. Now, the, look the, again. This all comes with the qualifier. If the running game gets going, they'll be fine. So I mean, like that's. You know, if, if they can, if they can run the ball effectively, there's still questions on defense. Their defense might not be good. They just might not be good. I mean, they yeah. got, look, they got a lot of investment in those players. Like we said, Demarcus Lawrence on the franchise tag. 
Um, you know, you don't have really have another Taco Charlton's a first round pick, but you don't necessarily have another answer for sure rushing the passer unless he takes a step forward. Sean Lee is tremendous when he's healthy. That's a big deal. But right. he's getting older, and that defense sort of falls apart when he gets hurt. Jalen Smith flashed at times, but you never know exactly what you're going to get from him. Um, and then there's some good players in the secondary with Jordan Lewis, Byron Jones, and Chidobe Awuzie. Uh, all guys who were drafted, but I'm not. I'm just not convinced that the Cowboys are going to necessarily be good. I am convinced, Ryan, that the New England Patriots will be good because you know why? They have a hole. Bill Belichick. Just kidding. Oh, they said Brian Hoyer. I don't think he's an a hole, but Danny Amendola does. Uh, Amendola opened up about Bill, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. He was asked about Malcolm Butler being benched in the Super Bowl. He said, I have my thoughts about it because I was out there putting my blood, sweat, and tears on the field that night, and one of our best players wasn't on the field. Dan Amendola said to Mike Reese of ESPN.com, to tell you the truth, I don't know why. I did ask, but I didn't get any answers. I can't make decisions like that, so I don't necessarily worry about it, but I know Malcolm is a great player, and he could have helped us win for whatever reason. He wasn't out there. He's going to play more football in his career. He's going to be a great player for a long time. And then he continued on to say, of Bill Belichick, it's not easy playing for him, is what he was implying. That's for sure. He's an a-hole sometimes. There were a lot of things I didn't like about playing for him, but I must say the things I didn't like were all in regard to the team getting better, and I respected him. What do you think about Danny Danny Amendola opening up a can of gossip on Bill Belichick after leaving the Patriots? Yeah, I don't think there's an upside to doing that because you're going to hear about it. The it's funny you say that, though, because Nate Solder, who just signed with the Giants, said pretty much the same thing. It's very hard mm. to play for Belichick because the expectations are so high. But he also qualified that by saying uh, Belichick and Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator, were unbelievably supportive when his son was sick uh, two, two or three years ago. Yeah. His son was diagnosed with cancer, I think, uh, shortly after he was born. And Robert Kraft uh, um, uh, was also super supportive. Uh, in fact, Solder told one story where they had to drive from Foxborough to Boston for treatment, which was about an hour. And because of a snowstorm, Kraft said, please go stay at the hotel next to the, to the hospital, so that's not going to be a concern. So there was clearly concern about his well-being, but also the expectations that come with a team that never loses um, more than they win. In fact, I think the last time they had a losing season was 2000. The last time they um, won fewer than 10 games might be 2003, yeah. 2004, something like that. Something crazy. So anyway, obviously... AFC Championship games are a must. Uh, Super Bowl is always, almost always happens. Uh, Amendola played spectacularly in the postseason, but he also said that they didn't come close to offering them the money that the Dolphins ended up doing, so he left. He's 32. He's, you know, he's... He, and he took a bunch of pay cuts over the course of the year. Right. So it was like, it was sort of a situation where... And maybe he's better about that, and so I understand that as well, but I don't think anything is going to come out of him calling Belichick an a-hole, mostly because people already know that, but also because... You're, you're playing 2009. For the Would you say the last time they won? 2009, there you go. Yeah. Won less than 12? That's won? right. Less, yeah. yeah. Less than 12 and was 2009. 2002 was the last time they won less than 10. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. insane. Yeah. Belichick, that was Belichick's third year. Belichick's only won less than. He's only won less than nine games one time in his career with the Patriots that first season Thanks, when they went Drew five Bledsoe. and eleven. That's right, uh, and then won the Super Bowl in his second year. Nine games the third year: 14, 14, 10, 12, 16, 11, 10, 14, 13, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 14, 13. That's bananas. They're you know where good. they don't have expectations? Uh, the Browns. So there's no worry about losing your job there, and that's how you go <laughs> one and thirty-one. So that's the, the trade-off. The um, yeah, I mean, look, he grinds people to a pulp, and he makes it hard to. To work for him, and he cuts him, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, but he like he wins a bunch. He's got five Super Bowl rings as the head coach of the the friggin' Patriots. That's I mean, that's why it's not it's not by accident that he that he that he's winning these games. I mean, he's just a really good coach 
who wears on people and makes it tough to play there. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, he happens to have the greatest quarterback in, in NFL history, which makes it a little bit easier to uh, to go out there and, and to win these football games. But, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't think that there's a whole lot of reason to say this if you're Danny Amendola um, outside of just being honest about it. But you could have just kept your mouth yeah. shut, you know, and, and gone about your business without burying Belichick as an a-hole. And um, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that Bill Belichick at some point – We'll, uh, we'll we'll remind him that he that he that he said that probably um, twice when he brackets him and, and maybe once when he brackets him in coverage and, and limits him uh, against when the Patriots play the Dolphins and the second time when when he waves to, Dan, to a hurt Danny Amendola on the sidelines. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Dolphins actually play the Pats pretty well. They do uh, historically, but if Miami. they if they lose fifty to three, I would not be surprised either. Just uh, just bury them yeah. out of like out of anger at Danny Amendola. That's All right. right, let's uh, let's wrap it up with this. Saquon Barkley is viewed as, quote, a or as a, quote, near perfect prospect, end quote, according to a report by the Giants. Well, okay, I, I really did a horrible, I mangled that. The Giants view Saquon Barkley as a near perfect prospect. Are you buying or selling the Giants taking Saquon Barkley a running back at number two overall? If they take him number two, they, they are guaranteed to be the worst team in, in, the, <laughs> in the division. Not because I don't like Barkley, but because you've talked about this before. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Alvin Kamara, third round picks. You don't have to take a guy, and that was a, that was last year, right? Yeah, the year before was when Zeke Elliott went uh, fourth, I think. But you can find guys later in the draft that are super explosive and do everything you need them to do. And when you're the Giants at number two and you need a quarterback, I think, and we talked about this, you take the quarterback and then you follow the the blueprint laid out by the Eagles and the Rams and the, and the Seahawks before them. But Barkley, I'm not even sure he's the best running back. I mean, people love Derek Geis, you, uh, Darius Geis. Ah. You mentioned Sonny Michelle yep. as a possible Ronald Jones at a USC. Ronald Jones. Really and these good. are guys you can get in the second, third round and you know, fill other needs, more important needs. Eli Manning is 37, 38 years old. So I think Barkley, is he in your mind better than Le'Veon Bell? Is he better than Ezekiel Elliott? I think that he has the potential to be somewhere in between those two guys. I don't think that's a number two pick then. Right. Like, I don't think he can be as good as Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell is unbelievable in the passing game. And, like, Saquon Barkley is a really good receiver. But, I mean, I just don't think that he's can potentially be as good as uh, as a guy like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Le'Veon Bell gets 70 passes in, a, in any given year. And I think that if you're the Giants, you have to look at it from a perspective of, okay – is is a running or if you're the, if you're a team that's thinking about drafting a running back in the top ten, you're doing it in a situation where you believe that you have the luxury right. of adding on that piece and putting you over the top. <laughs> Which funny to say, the Jaguars last year with Fournette, right? But I mean, that, this it's, it's not wrong. I mean, even with Fournette though, they could have taken yep, you know, Your like boys. you said, Kamara or. Or, or Kareem Hunt. Hunt later in the draft. And that was a loaded draft with running backs. And I think when you look at the Panthers, too, look, that's the last spot where Dave Gettleman had a draft. He took Christian McCaffrey eighth overall, and Christian McCaffrey was great. He catches a ton of passes. He's a dynamic running back. But did he make the Panthers' offense appreciably different? I don't I don't necessarily know that he did. If they had gone um, you know, with, a, with a, a defensive player or an offensive lineman at the top of the draft instead – and or like if they had taken Derek Barnett there yeah. and then come back and gotten Kareem Hunt later, they'd be substantially better. Yeah, and they easily right. could have done that. I think the problem with McCaffrey is the same thing people and he was he had a good season, not a great season, but the yeah. same thing that people fell in love with with Devon Austin, these short, shifty guys mm-hmm. that it just 
for whatever reason, doesn't immediately translate. Even Brandon Cooks, he's good, but he's not right. great. He's not as explosive as we thought he would be. No, and not I, nearly as explosive. And, and, and he had a, and he had a rough transition too. Like that's he did right. Have a great first year. So maybe the the takeaway is that small guys aren't. They're not going to do in, in in the pros what they did in college. Are you okay if the Giants don't take a quarterback? No. <laughs> okay. What's uh, the What's the rest of the sentence? If so, let's say like if if they if if Dave Gettleman's big board has Sam Darnold number one, yeah, and then he doesn't like Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, or Josh Allen, and that's fine. That's okay. his prerogative. He's allowed to do that. Fair enough. And Darnold goes one to the Browns. I don't mind if they then don't draft a quarterback. That doesn't bother me. Who are you taking number two? Well, you know who I'm taking. Bradley Chubb. Oh, okay. I, I would take the I would take the defensive end, especially yeah. when you you just traded, got rid of JPP. You traded JPP. Olivia Vernon is is in old. A, well, no, he's, he's still young. He's actually probably like thirty, right? Is he thirty? Oh, no. I'm getting no, confused no. with Cameron Wake. Cameron yeah, Wake's yeah, old. Cameron Wake's old. Olivia Vernon is is still only um, I think he's like twenty six. But right. but like he his contract is you know he's going to be. His contract's gonna be up soon. Bradley Chubb is a is a high end. Yeah, twenty seven year old. Right. Still, I mean, in two years he's gonna be approaching thirty, and you're gonna to need to reload that defensive end. I wonder how much of Dave Gittleman's selection relates to his belief that he needs to win now in order for him to keep his job. Well, what's the plan with Eli then? If you're not gonna draft a quarterback, I, I don't. I mean, he could play two more years, but do you want him to play two more right. years? Is he good? Is Eli is Eli Manning good? Well, not last year. Yeah. There are a lot of reasons for that. I mean, a lot of guys got hurt. And let's now, you can also make the case that with Nate Solder there, I mean, I think you can make a case that you could take Quentin Nelson, number two overall, and you kick um, Eric Flowers back to right tackle where he was much better there. Can you kick him a little farther right <laughs> off the field? <laughs> you kick him to tight end. Um, Keep going. They've got, I mean, look, you, you, got this, you got some pieces in place to block for Eli. You got Odell Beckham. They brought in Cody Latimer for whatever that's worth. Evan Ingram is a is a fantastic yeah, tight end. Had a great fun. rookie year, and um, Sterling Shepard. Oh my god! I didn't know they signed Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to two thousand five. The running back group is not great. Jonathan Stewart, Wayne Gallman, and Paul Perkins. I mean, I guess Dave Gettleman <laughs> loves Jonathan Stewart. Who? Oh right. Yeah. He that's obviously a had it in Carolina. That was a connection. Yeah. I mean, the defense has a chance to be kind of interesting. Yeah. They were supposed to be good last year. The wheels fell off, and yep. they're sort of surprised in how quickly they fell off. So I could see them bouncing back. I guess. If you added Bradley Chubb to that defense, yeah, and then you absolutely. have Chubb, um, you have Snacks Harrison in the middle, Olivia Vernon as um, is one of the pass rushers, I guess. He's listed as like the Sam on the depth chart. Um, but then you have Alec Ogletree, you have Eli Apple, Landon Collins. I mean, Eli Apple was a mess, but I mean, he Landon was, Collins and Eli Apple made up. They said so. Yeah, so I mean, and Apple actually played well his rookie season in spurts, I think, and um, he just I, maybe the mental part of it got to him last year. Yeah, I just I just think that if you Add Bradley Chubb to those to that talent to that group of players. Then you, I have them being better than the the Cowboys. Then yeah, yeah then all of a sudden you're in. The, and, but like, I mean, shoot, if Carson Wentz doesn't bounce, doesn't come back completely healthy, maybe you make a run in that division. I mean, that division can be wide open if you if you add, and that's then again you can make the case that like if you add Saquon Barkley to a to that group of running backs, all of a sudden your offense has some real kick to it. Wow. Not unless he's there at the top of the second round. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. What I'm about this? What about Bradley Chubb and then Mason Rudolph slash Lamar, Lamar Alexander? We're in I, Tennessee. The, the, the Lamar Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, Lamar Alexander's the Tennessee senator. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's on my mind because they're like national. It. That's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, if he happens to be at the top of the second, Mason Rudolph or, or Lamar uh, Jackson. Would I you, would be would fine with that. I don't think that those guys will fall. Um, you know, Yeah, they may not because they're talking six in the first round. But you, it's sometimes those guys – like. What if Josh Allen falls to 20? I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Would you? 
I don't think the Browns are taking him. No. No what? I don't think Josh Allen will fall to 20. Because I feel like if, if the Browns don't take him, I don't think they would. Somebody like Arizona he's or just too many. He, Baltimore will He's completed him. half his pass. He's not falling out of the top five. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. That's uh, roughly Sixers topics. Uh, we'll blame the the, uh, the chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich counts as a topic, right? Chicken, chicken biscuit counts Breach's as a topic. Wedding. Breach's wedding was a topic. And uh, as always, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks for listening. We'll be out of here, out of Nashville. On, uh, on Sunday night, but we'll be back on Tuesday morning with another podcast. Subscribe on iTunes for Ryan Wilson. I'm Will Brinson. Have a great day.